Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you here. My name is Tommy Jones, and this is my podcast. So let's take a few minutes, talk about life, and we will see where we end up. Welcome to Off the Cuff. I'm glad you're here. Hello again, everyone. My name is Tommy. Welcome back to the podcast. As always, I am so honored to spend this time with you. If you were with me last week, we started a new conversation I am calling Theologies I Would Question. I really don't know that that's what I'm calling it. Maybe I'm calling it bad readings of the Bible. Maybe I'm calling it doctrines that I just don't trust. But really what I'm talking about is this. What I'm talking about are three sort of popular theologies, uh, doctrines that I believe that run counter to the truth of what we get when we actually read Scripture. I think these, and I want to, this isn't like the difference between like uh, a Baptist and a Nazarene or a Nazarene and Assembly of God. I think both those you would see value and both those you would see, okay, they kind of have some differences, but you know, the differences aren't dangerous and you can at least see how they arrived at what they believe. I think the theologies, the doctrines that I'm talking about last week, this week, and next week, I think these are dangerous. And the three I'm talking about specifically are this. It's Christian nationalism, which I'm going to talk about today. Uh, the prosperity doctrine, which I talked about last week. And if you didn't listen to that, go, go back and check it out. And the next week, I'm going to talk about progressive theology. And I would say that prosperity doctrine is really not owned by any party. Christian nationalism is certainly usually... Um, assigned or acquainted with the far right. Progressive Christianity is with the far left. And so I feel like we're sort of hitting all of our corners on this. And I'm, I'm giving you names of pastors and people who promote these various theologies. And I normally don't like to do this because I don't want to rip anybody down. I don't want to, it's so popular to insult the church and tear the church down. I don't want to do that. But these are, and I'm not questioning their soul. I'm not talking about their salvation. I'm talking, I'm saying these are people who put forth a doctrine or a theology that I would question, that I would pause, that I would do my homework that I would go to scripture and say, is this really add up with what I see from Jesus in the scripture? Does this add up with the traditional view of Christianity as it has been handed down for so many generations? And when it comes to Christian nationalism, there's names like Greg Locke, Mark Driscoll. Um, Mark Driscoll was from the Mars Hill whole thing, and that fell apart. And now it kind of seems like he's found him a new a niche. I don't know if it's niche or niche, but either way, a new spot uh, in sort of this Christian nationalism where he seems to really be camped out and, and spending a lot of time. Robert Jeffers is another one. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene would be a politician who really promotes this Christian nationalistic sort of theology. But those are few of the people who seem to promote that. And again, not question their souls. I'm just saying I really disagree with their theology. I don't believe it lines up with what the Bible teaches. And I think it's a dangerous substitute for the truth. And so I think it's helpful to give you some information and kind of point out some of the things that, that I see as dangerous in this, and maybe you can think through it yourself. And so today we're talking about Christian nationalism, and I'm using several references for this. Uh, I'm using a post from Christianity Today. I'll try to tag that in this deal. You can read it for yourself. I'm drawing from a book I read called Red State Update, uh, or excuse me, it, it was called yeah, Red State Christians. Red State Christians, which was a really interesting book. And I read this book and this next one during Corona. Uh, the, the next one is called uh, Taking Back America, 
uh, Taking Back America for God, excuse me, Christian Nationalism in the United States. So Red State Christians and Taking Back America for God. I read both of those during Corona when there seemed to be so much divisiveness. And it's when, in, in my opinion, in 2020, somewhere in there, is when this Christian nationalism sort of really... Uh, showed itself for what it was and how divisive and dangerous it was. But I've done some research on this. I've spent a lot of time on this, but I'm not an expert. Do your homework, guys. When you hear things like this and when you see uh, theologies and things in the world that are so divisive and they're so like, dig into it a little bit. Pause. I've seen so many people who I love dearly over the last, let's say, four or five years, share things on social media that were clearly uh, either, you know, a prosperity doctrine statement, a progressive Christianity statement, or a um, Christian nationalism statement. And I'm like, man, I wish they would have taken some time to dig into that. And it's not that their heart is bad, it's they're good people. But even good people uh, can often share things that aren't that accurate. And so I think it's really important to understand these things and think about them and, and, you know, what's this coming from? So let's start with this. Christian nationalism, or let's start, let's take Christian out of it. Nationalism and patriotism are two different things. I think oftentimes we want to use those words together, but I believe for the sake of this conversation, and I think in the last, you know, decade, patriotism and nationalism are two different words. And I'm pulling a lot of stuff from dictionary.com right now. So you can go, uh, I probably did a lot of prep for this one because I know this is one uh, this is the least off the cuff of anything I'm going to do because I did a lot of digging around because I'm interested. I want to know. But patriotism means devoted love to country, support of country, defense of country, loyalty, loyalty to country. Patriotism is a great term to describe soldiers. For instance, let's use it in a sentence. The soldier showed exemplary patriotism when he or she defended their country. So patriotism is a word based off the word patriot, which basically means fellow countrymen. All right, so that's patriotism. And I would say patriotism is a good thing. I think Christians should probably be patriotic. I'm a patriotic Christian. I love America. I, I love hanging out with people who love America. I love the 4th of July. I like Lee Greenwood. I mean, all these things are good, right? Love of country is not a bad thing. There's a second word, though. Nationalism. Nationalism as it's used today is more about an idea or a standard or a policy or a doctrine that elevates the view of nation or people above other nations and people. So a nationalist agenda, it focuses on one country to the detriment of other countries. Instead of just loving your country, the nationalist actually believes that their country is more valuable and more important than other countries. Think about it like this. This is how I like to think about it. Nationalism is what happens when patriotism becomes idolatry. So you know, we go from loving our country, you know, like, oh man, I love America and, and that's good. That's beautiful. Then we go to believing that we are inherently better than everyone else. And guys, we do this even in college football, right? Like we start with just, I love the Razorbacks. I'm a Razorback fan. And oh, you're a Texas A&M fan or even worse, like you're an Ole Miss fan. And when you're at the game, there can almost become, you can get so into it that you can begin to feel like, okay, the Ole Miss fan is not just for a different team. They are less than me. I'm inherently better than them. And 
if you don't, if you're not really into college football, you're thinking I'm crazy. If you're into it, you're like, ooh, he's right. I get that, right? But when we go from loving our country to actually believing we're better than everyone else, when we go from just loving our country to blaming every other country for all the problems in our country, we elevate us over everything. It becomes America first and to hell with everybody else. A nationalistic view of America believes that Americans are inherently better than other people in other countries, and we are entitled to a life that's better than them because we are Americans. Because of where I was born, because of this culture, this society, I am better than fill in the blank. Patriotism is, is, is a king of an ideal. Love of country, great. But nationalism is what happens when this value or this ideal becomes distorted. Christian, and, and, then, and then, you, then you, so nationalism is when you believe that you're inherently better than other people because of your country or your nation's status. And, and that's dangerous. And guys, I mean, think about like World War II, Nazi Germany. They were better because they were Germans. They were better because they were Aryans. These are the prevailing views that were sold in this country. And you're like, man, well, that could never happen here. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that's, that's, the, that's nationalism. Now, Christian nationalism, which is where we're going for, for a little bit today, is when God and country somehow gets wound together and our allegiance is like distributed equally between the two. Now, Christian nationalism is this view that America is God's chosen country, meaning we are now, you know, it's like we're using God and Jesus to validate our nationalistic views. So we're now using our religious and our spiritual views to validate our nationalistic views. And this is dangerous. The Christian nationalist believes that America was founded entirely on Christian ideals by Christian people. And that the only way for this country to be great is if Christianity is given favored status in this country. If the morality and the views of Christians are somehow enforced as the morality and the views of all of America. I think you begin to see this sort of, I, I don't, I'm not good with dates, but there was always this talk back probably 15, 20 years ago about the moral majority. You know, we're the moral majority and the moral majority and, you know, we got to have, got to have our people and it's got to be our way and. And one of, the, one of the many issues with Christian nationalism is, is that we begin to determine who should be part of this country based on our view of what makes someone American. You hear things, people, people say things like, you know, this country was founded on in God we trust. And if you don't like that, then get out. Whoa. Whoa. I don't know. The Christian nationalists would demand that our government promotes our religion. There must be prayer in public schools. I mean, I've heard people wanting mandatory prayer in public schools, which is fine as long as the majority in that area is Christian. I mean, the last thing I ever want is for prayer in public schools to be mandatory if the majority of people are Muslim and my child has to sit through Muslim prayer in school. I mean, that's or any it's not not a knock on Muslim, any religion other than Christianity. I, mean, I, I can't imagine. But we want to teach that America was chosen by God to carry out a special mission on the earth. 
we want to teach a you know a Christian nationalist view of American history, and and we believe that whatever uh, the, the Christian nationalist view would be that whatever politician is in charge, if it's the politician that we chose, is a chosen instrument of God designed to lead us into becoming God's chosen country. And guys, I've heard so much of this. And when the people who don't line up with our religious or nationalistic views, those are second-class Americans. Worse yet, they're evil. They're trying to destroy America. They're trying to destroy us. And now my difference with this person on the other side of the line isn't just an intellectual or political difference. It's a moral and a spiritual difference. I have the moral and the spiritual high ground, and that other person is an evil infidel who's actually trying to destroy my country. This is, this is where Christian nationalism takes us. This view that, that we are better than everyone else and that we are, you know, we and our politicians in our way, and these are all God's, this is God's agenda, that my agenda is God's agenda and my political views are God's political views and my political party is God's political party and my politician is God's politician. Man, you can see how that could be dangerous. Christian nationalism isolates, it separates, it demeans. It's like the, the church and Jesus become tools of a particular political party. But it's scared. And it, it's it's turned the, the party that I felt most at home in. In many ways, it's turned a large portion of that party into one that I don't even recognize anymore, that I don't feel comfortable in. Christian nationalism is used to, to scare and manipulate. Uses Jesus to drive political agendas. And I think for most people, the progression into this Christian nationalistic way of thinking, it's innocent, man. It started so innocent. I mean, it started with patriotism. It started with something beautiful. It started with loving America and loving God. And for most of my life, I remember people saying things like, you know, uh, three things, God, country, and my family. And God and country, and God and country. And I think if you say God and country, God and country long enough, it becomes one word. Right? It just all works together. It's God and country, and it's tied together, and the cross is draped over the flag, or the flag is draped over the cross, or whatever. Right? You begin to see flags inside of sanctuaries. You see the you know big American flags right next to the cross. We're in church singing God Bless the USA and Star Spangled Banner or whatever. And I don't have a problem with either one of those songs. I think there's a time and a place. I just don't think it's inside the church. I think it's good. And I think it's righteous that we would ask God to bless the United States of America. I think it's good. And I think it's righteous that we would ask God to give us good, God-fearing politicians. As a matter of fact, I would love to choose my politicians uh, as part of my voting criteria, is their morality, is their faith, is, is where do they stand on them? And I think that's okay, yeah. I think it's good and righteous that you and I would promote and advocate for, for agendas and policies that we believe honor God. I think that's good and that's righteous, that we would stand for, for different things that we believe align with, with Christ and the Christian agenda and, and what it means to love God and love people. But the flag does not hold equality with the cross. And the church cannot become a political tool. Guys, we're strangers in a foreign land. Jeff and I did that podcast a while back, and he said this, this was a 
paraphrase, but he said it, and it was so good. He said, we participate in the political process, but we do it as strangers and foreigners, right? And we're part of this. And so we use the political process to, to advocate and to try to make the world better. But we do it as strangers and foreigners. And we must always believe that God loves the Russians and the Chinese just as much as he loves the Americans. And we can't read the Bible and every time we see Israel, replace it with America. <laughs> because that's just not, it's not what we're supposed to do. And I don't think we should ever believe that the, the Christian movement in America requires a certain president to usher in revival. We have to remember that we're citizens of heaven first and nothing else comes close to that allegiance. And again, I just think we saw this in such a, in such a scary way. Uh, you know, during during the the whole Corona pandemic, and when freedom felt threatened, or when there was just this such a divisive spirit in our country, and it's still there to a large extent. I just think we have to be aware of things like this. Beautiful things can become idols, and when those beautiful things become idols, we end up doing damage to the gospel. It is right to love your country, and it is right to, to be patriotic and proud. And gosh, man, to honor those who have served and to lay down their lives. Wow, yes, yes. Yes, I had the opportunity years ago when I worked for another company to go to uh, the cemetery in Washington, D.C. and stand at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, and I bawled. And I would today. And I will always stand for the Pledge of Allegiance and and I will always honor. And then these things are beautiful. But none of these things can become the idols of our lives. And inside the church, the church, even in the church in America, inside the church, we're all one. And if we're in a church and there's, you know, people from all different countries and all different walks of life, great. We're not American first, then Christian. We're Christians who live in America. But there are Christians who live in Saudi Arabia and Christians who live in Japan and Christians who live in China. And, and being American is not necessarily what makes us special. What makes us special and unique and forgiven is the blood of Christ. And so I think we, sh we should often examine ourselves, examine our thoughts and our allegiances and our agendas, and make sure that the theology we're following and promoting and and the things we're being vocal about and and you know the you know if we're going on a march or we're walking on the Capitol steps or going to Washington DC like what really is the agenda we're promoting? Is it the gospel? Or is it one of these distortions? Man, I'd love to hear from you on this. I know there's probably a lot of different opinions on this. And guys, I don't know that I've got all the answers. I'm learning and studying. But I, I, know, I, I know I have seen some things in this area, in the area of nationalism and Christianity being wound up together that have really been scary for me. And so I'm learning. And I appreciate you affording me the grace to learn. And for those of you who are listening, and I'm your pastor, I appreciate you, uh, you know, allowing me to work through these things. Um, it's challenging. But I think working through these and pausing and examining makes us better. I appreciate the time today, guys. I look forward to next week as we uh, take a dive into progressive Christianity. And that one scares me. So I, I really look forward to that. Can't wait. 
I'll talk to you guys again soon. Thank you so much for listening. I love you. This is Off the Cuff. Jones out.